everyone. My name is Nita. Welcome to my show, the One to Millions Entrepreneur Podcast. From motivational hacks to genuine conversations about how to hypergrow your expert-based business in the smartest way possible, this is where the real talk is happening. Join us each week and really soak up the tips and tricks for honing in on your genius so you can grow your business in the most innovative way. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a really special guest on the show. We have my dear friend, Nikita Thigpen with us. Nikita is a balance and relationship expert. She is the CEO of Thig Pro Balance and Relationship Management Institute, and she is the author of Selfish. Selfish is a book that teaches us how to give permission to ourselves, to pause, to live, love, and laugh our way to joy. I'm so glad to have you on the show today, Nikita. Welcome to the One to Millions Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you, Nita. You know, I am super, super, super excited to be here, and I can't wait to dig into all this juicy goodness you got waiting for everybody. <laughs> cool. So where should we start? I know, like, the style that we we kind of, like, came up with, and I'm totally going to copy your style, is, like, to not prepare any questions. I totally love that <laughs> idea. So maybe we should start with, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's always a good place to start. Uh, so the global personal development company that I own is for power couples who are achieving wild success in their business, and they're ready to create joy in their marriage without sacrificing any more of their personal freedom, which is huge. Because for all of you who are listening, you already know if you are in any serious monogamous relationship, you sacrifice a lot of your ambition and your purpose and your joy, you dim a lot of it for the sake of either your relationship or your business. And all of my folks are tired of choosing. They've scaled, they've grown their multi six, seven and eight figure plus businesses. And now they're ready to prioritize some intimacy and not be bored or, you know, completely unimpressed with their relationship. They want to have that same success that they have in business apply to their home life. That's amazing. I think the work that you do is just so important. And I think we, we had some chat about like the topics that we wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't prepare any questions, but I'm super interested in talking about, you know, how, how we yeah. dim our own light, how we dim our, our um, ambition. Yeah. And so when clients come to you with that challenge, how, how often does it appear? like all these successful people. Yeah, honestly, it appears in cycles in different parts of their life. So even if they feel like they had a handle on shining their light to reach, you know, let's say multi six figures in their business, now that they're scaling to the next level of, you know, creating, most of them are creating empires versus uh, small businesses. And there's nothing wrong with either, but most of them are really focused on having like huge empirical, I just made up that word, <laughs> empirical. That was the word I was looking for, empirical brands. And so there's some imposter syndrome that comes up for them that that's usually the reason that they pay attention of like, wait a minute, I'm pretty successful. I know I am. I have, a, a you know, for multi-six, they usually have at least a small team. They're looking to hire and grow. They're getting lots of accolades and testimonials from 
clients who have purchased their products and services, and yet they're feeling really intimidated about going to the next level, part of that imposter syndrome that's coming up for them is because they feel out of alignment at home. And that could be at any part of the level of sophistication that they're moving through, that multi six to seven, that seven to eight, that eight to nine, so on and so forth in terms of uh, the monetary gain that they're looking to achieve. And as they're looking back at their relationships, and it could be with or without children, but let's just assume that they don't have children for this hypothetical. They're looking and, and realizing like business is where I thrive. Business is where I feel good. Business is where I feel rewarded. Yet I'm sitting in my driveway for 45 minutes, not sure if I have the bandwidth to take on what's happening on the other side of the door. Not because there's major arguments, not because they're two seconds from divorce, but simply because there's not enough intimacy happening there. Their passion has gone stale. And because they're not living the life that they're projecting on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok of this, you know, hashtag relationship goals, you know, all of that stuff looks really juicy and good in snapshots, but Ooh. they're really struggling with, you know, I love my mate. I love the my forever love is what we call them. I love this person. We do handle business together. We're growing together in, in terms of, you know, the bigger picture, but the more intimate details of their life, that it really feels... uh like it's lacking something. It, it feels like they're roommates, really. Like they're just passing ships in the night. And that makes them feel like there's something that is out of integrity with what they're projecting to the world. And that makes them question, are they really ready to go to the next level where, from wherever they're moving from that six to seven, seven to eight, so on and so forth. And so the dimming of the ambition that comes up for them is they start to question, can their, can their relationship handle them going to another level. Well, you know what? I'm already not having, you know, we're having sex, but it's not passionate sex, right? We're, we're having dinner together, but it's only when other yeah. people are coming over, right? Like we're only playing the happy couple for other people, but we're really not necessarily intertwined the way we want to. So what happens if I hire 20 more people for my staff and have to develop a new division? Can my relationship happen? So they start to choose what they can do and they play small. They choose to play small either to save their marriage or their relationship, whether they're, you know, married with a certificate in hand or not, or they choose to develop the business more knowing that they're still not going to be happy at night. And it's no longer the business that's keeping them up every night with like problem solving ideas that make them all juicy and feel excited. It's actually, what are we doing? where are we going? Like we're planning these four vacations a year so we can capture these moments to post in our social media where we're actually, he's sleeping on the bed, I'm sleeping on the other side or on the couch and it just doesn't feel good to me anymore. And they're really feeling they're lost inside themselves. Part of that makes them question everything. Is this even the business that I want anymore? Am I doing the right thing? You know, how am I showing up? Like everything starts to get questioned. And a lot of it is because they are truly out of alignment with what they want at home and in their life. What I would say from the bedroom to the boardroom, their bedroom is a little shaky. And that's typically why they come to me. Wow, that's amazing. So I'm guessing a lot of this like goes on at the unconscious level. Right. And I'm, I sometimes I see that happening to people and they don't notice it. And from my, what I'm hearing is like they might think the problem mm -hmm. is elsewhere or something else. And like you're trying to externalize and trying to find reasons to explain 
why you're not fulfilled or why you don't feel that that alignment, right? So what are some some signs that people can start to notice about themselves that they are out of that alignment or that, you know, really it's about this thing happening in the bedroom or your relationship um, that is causing that and, and causing that, you know, dimming yeah. their ambition. Uh, honestly, I always pull people back to their body, Nita. I always say, check in with your body. Do it like be somatic with yourself. Do a body scan from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Just, you know, closing your eyes allows you to have a, a deeper sensory experience. So close your eyes, just stand still. This does require you to pause whatever you were doing, right? You can't be super busy and, and do this. You have to give yourself permission to pause and take that moment, you know, even if it's only two minutes, right? Preferably at least 10 to 15, but even if it's only two minutes to check in with your body and see where your tension, where your knots are, where your aches, where your pains are, and then ask your body, where is this coming from? What do you, if I have a knot in my back, what do you represent for me? Oh, the back of my body means I don't feel like I'm being fully supported. Okay, well, what does that mean for me to not be fully supported? I have a whole team of people. The business is thriving. The clients are, you know, getting what they need. Why do I feel like I'm not supported? Okay, let me look at the other parts of my life. And it's not about your partner necessarily not supporting you. Many times it's us not supporting ourselves. We're choosing to push something down and suppress it, which I know is your language, right? Like with all the work that you've done and all the thousands of certifications (laughs) that you you have like a lot of it is because we're suppressing something in us and it's creating these psychosomatic issues in our bodies that actually truly do develop into dis-ease in many ways it also shows in our mood right if you are normally excited about talking to your sister or your best friend that you don't see but so often and they're calling your phone and you feel yourself going like oh boy check in, like, where's that coming from? Does that best friend or sister deserve that old boy? Or is that old boy coming from something internally with you because you are out of alignment? So honestly, the very first thing that I would have anyone do is to literally permission to pause, slow down for a moment and do a body scan, check in with yourself and get grounded with you because, you know, this is going to sound a little shady for everyone else who believes in like, let's do it all together. But you matter <laughs> the most. You matter the most for you. You can't be there for your lover, for your business, for your clients and anyone else that you serve and impact if you're not here. So you have to check in with you first and see what's going on with you. I know you can speak to that as someone who wears a lot of different hats and running a business and being a doctoral student and all the different layers that come up for you. I'm sure you've had moments when you were like, wait a minute, what is going on with me? And part of that could be you, you know, pushing some things down just for the sake of keeping it moving. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, for example, this semester, and we were talking about this, right? Um, I actually passed my qualifying exam for the doctorate degree. And, you know, I, I was really thinking because I'm very ambitious, like I can actually do the proposal by the end of the semester and have it just done. And then, you know, next semester I could mm-hmm. be doing research, right? And normally yeah. that's what I would do. But then taking into consideration all these factors, I'm a single mom, I run this like business, and I'm writing mm-hmm, another book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought like, hey, let's do some self-care here. And let's like really think about it. Like, mm-hmm. do you really need to do it? 
do we need to do the proposal this semester? And I really went and and did some thinking. And I, I said to myself, no, we, we don't need to do it. We can do it next semester. And and I think lots of times it really happens to the, the people yeah. that are ambitious, right? Like we, we think like, I can take on more. I could do more. I could do more. Bring it on, you know? And sometimes we forget to stop and pause and realize that we're human and, and <laughs> we need a break. We need to to stop pushing ourselves that much. Yeah, a thousand, a thousand percent. I can't agree more. It this, you know, brings it back to uh, you and I were talking off off camera, if you will, about my favorite B word. <laughs> and my second favorite B word is boundaries. Yes. But my first is balance. And the way that I define balance is admitting the truth of what you really want over the boundaries you create so you can achieve it. And so in that example, it's yeah, you can do it. Of course, you can, you know, write a new proposal, do the research, you know, write a couple extra chapters and finish your third best-selling book, right? Like you can do it, but do you really want to? And, you know, when you're really clear with what you want to do versus what you feel like you're being pressed to do because of an expectation that was set up by Nita 1.0, when Nita is Nita 2.0 right now, walking towards her 10.0, is getting really yeah. clear, like, well, what's best for Nita 10.0? Because that's that's who I'm becoming. That's where I'm going. And the same for Nikita. God knows I'm the first partaker of these lessons, and I can definitely speak to this as well. It's being really clear with, like, what do I really want? And what boundaries and liberating, expansive boundaries do I, do I need to set in place so I can achieve what it is that I really want versus feeling pressed to meet the expectations that I'm not even like passionate about anymore of my former 1.0 or, you know, even older 2.0 level self. And once you're really clear with that, you take a little pressure off of yourself and you still, like, let's be real, you still might have 50 plates spinning in the air doing what we do as women, you know, with yeah. lots of amazing things that we're doing, but now we're spinning plates that we want, right? To to become who we're supposed to be yeah. versus having a bunch of weight and burden from people, places, and patterns, including our own patterns that aren't serving us anymore. And that's why it feels so heavy and we get thrown off kilter, out of alignment. And yes, I'll dare say, out of balance because we have all this crap that doesn't even belong to the new us anymore, but we're still holding that weight. Yeah. And then in the end, you can do it. Like if you go and choose to do it all, like I think yeah. we end up with regret, right? And, we, and overwhelm. And then at the end, if you're not happy with what you do, it messes the other parts up as well, like your business, your clients and everything. So I think it's really mm -hmm. like our responsibility as the, yeah. as the entrepreneur to be responsible about ourselves, it's kind of like similar to like put the mass on yourself, the oxygen mass mm -hmm. on yourself first uh, in order to serve at the highest level, right? So I love that. Absolutely. This is, you know, to your point of the whole underlying reason of why you decided to create space for this show to help people unlock the code of their exceptionality, right? Like the whole reason, and I'm, I'm sharing this because we've been talking about it off you know, off air as well. I'm so impressed with you creating this space. Yeah. And it's so crucial and important because I can't think of another space that exists like this where you get to hear not only people's like, yeah, I did that, I've accomplished it, but here's how I did it. Here's why I did it. And here's where I messed up along the way when I was trying to get to the lock, which is deep inside me and really 
you know, have the right key code, so to speak, of failure and triumph and, and guidance and coaching and mentoring to open up what already existed within me to reach that very deep space. And part of that is being in a place where you can admit what you're doing isn't really what you want anymore. And that's why it's okay to transition and change, but you also don't do, have to do it alone. You can have Anita in your life. You can hire Anita Lurd and help her, you know, have her help you open that up or whoever that you may need to help you discover that. I think this is a really crucial space for you to open up for everyone because of that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so passionate about this topic of, you know, investing in excellence and, 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 you know, I, at first I didn't even know that the word exceptionality kind of existed. And I went to Google, like the moment I kind of discovered like yeah. what I was standing for you know, because the coaching and consulting space mm-hmm. is like huge, right? And there's lots of noises, right? And it took me a, a while, like a long time for me to realize what I really stand for. And so I actually have a question that's related to that. You know, sometimes when I say that, you know, my obsession is about, you know, how to get the gold medal, how to be exceptional at what you do, I really get some people <laughs> <Yeah>. triggered, <laughs> you know, and some people might kind of, um, why, why do you have to be exceptional? Like, don't you feel worthy enough? Why can't we be ordinary and stuff like that? You know, so it triggers some people. And I think I've always yeah. had that challenge. So this is my backstory, right? I'm not sure. I, I probably shared with you, but I'm sharing with the audience again. I graduated um, from my bachelor degree in business with the highest GPA in the faculty. And it was the biggest faculty in that university, the business administration um, degree, right? And I think I kind of learned to live in a way where I didn't mm-hmm. want to intimidate people, you know, by, because like people say, oh, you're so smart. You're so this and that. And my parents even bragged about it. <laughs> my dad was just so proud about the fact that I graduated with like a first class honor. And I think, you know, part of me felt good about it, but there was a really big part that felt, well, you know, I might feel, make people yeah. feel bad that they, they didn't get straight A's or, you know, and, and when I got into fortune 500, I also had kind of that part of me that felt that way. Um, And I think it's kind of like, nowadays, even when I talk about this concept of exceptionality, I always have to kind of explain with a second part, well, this Mm -hmm. is what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that, like, I think everybody human, we're equal. Yeah, humans are equal. And I kind of use the analogy that it's just my obsession and my niche that I like to work with Mm -hmm. people that are exceptional because that's where I feel I can serve the most. So imagine if like I was training people going to the Olympics, I would be working with the people that are looking for the gold medal. Like they really want to go get the gold medal. They want to do the work They're committed. They have that intrinsic motivation. They want to be exceptional at what they do. So those are the people that I, I enjoy working with. And, and that's what I stand for. So of yes. course it makes sense, right? Um, and like, I don't judge people. So like everybody can just be their own way. Like if you choose to be ordinary and just like, you know, you don't want to get the gold medal. You don't even want to go to the Olympic and you're fulfilled and you're happy and that's fine. And I value you mm-hmm. and you're worthy, right? 
But sometimes people take it the wrong way when I say, yeah, like, like, why be ordinary? Be exceptional, <laughs> you know? And I think that's kind of like related to that dimming your light as well. Sometimes I notice that kind of shows up. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can I can see this a lot. And you and I were, you know, having a, a, a personal conversation about uh, my son and my grandchildren having autism and all the, the ways that our family has to, to, to process this new news and this new change over the last, what, 10 days <laughs> that we've known about it and being really open to the possibilities of this being a version of their exceptionality, right? Like of them seeing and processing the world really different. Yeah. Uh, and with, you know, just speaking to my son and, you know, you and I were sharing this yeah. offline is very congruent with what you're talking about. Normal isn't necessary unless you choose to be normal. But if you are above average in what you do, and, and in fact, I dare say exceptional in what you do, and, and that's the, the playground that you choose to play in, you don't have to go to any other playground if you don't want to. You don't have to make other people feel better because you, you know, yeah. they're uh, intimidated. That's the, the I word that I was looking for. They're intimidated by your pursuit of excellence. When you do that, yeah. you feel suffocated. As a human, for people who just happen to have exceptional intelligence yeah. or, you know, their their way of processing the world is extremely different and it allows them to paint art that most people don't understand or to create films and documentaries that no one would dare adventure to make for whatever their reason is. And then all of a sudden they get the, you know, <laughs> the major Nobel Prize for it. They were exceptional people who were also <laughs> judged for not being yeah. normal or quote unquote ordinary. And to your point, there's nothing wrong with if you choose not to be exceptional as an Olympian and you choose to be an exceptional at just living a uh, a non-race race related life, right? Like you're not a, a high performer by the normal corporate metric, you know, definition and you're not necessarily an athlete, but you're an exceptional giver. You're an exceptional lover. You're an except, exceptional human that shows up with appreciation for people and honors and doesn't judge. That's your way of showing up fully. But you can't make me dim my way because I choose to do it a different way unapologetically. It comes up a lot for people, including yeah. myself. I went through this as having survivor's remorse. I'm the first one in my family to do a lot of things. The first one to get knocked up, the first one to get married, the first one to graduate with a bachelor's degree with a triple major, the first one to go to graduate school and onto my doctorate and so on and so forth. And similar to you, I kept a lot of those things small because it was, uh, it was like bragging in a room full of people who were absolutely amazing, who were doing their own thing, living their version of their best life, but they weren't necessarily on the path that I was on. So I look like the hoity-toity, you know, uh, bougie person in the room if I were to, you know, stand up <laughs> yeah. and wear all of my awards and certifications on my chest. So what I learned to do is not, you know, dim that part of me, but know the room. Just know the room that you're in. When I'm kicking back with my cousins yeah. and I'm with my family, I don't need to correct their grammar or, you know, uh, fight their philosophies on 
anthropology, right? And and what they do just because I've majored in it. I don't need to do that. I just know my room. Like, you know, yeah. let people have their opinions where it makes sense. I will add value, but I'm not necessarily interjecting judgment. Um, and now, however, if I'm on a panel with other experts and we are giving to a room of people that are hungry for that information and they want clarity around specifics and statistics and understandings of, of redefining and reforming reframing philosophy, well, hell yeah, I'm going to pull out all of my SAT words, my GRE words, right? Like I'm going to pull it all out because that's the place for it. And then I don't have to to dim anything because that expectation in that room is for yeah. me to shine the light on that area of my excellence and my exceptional ability. So honestly, I think it's for all of us and for everyone listening, it's just know your room. You don't have to play small. Just know your room. Is this a room that really just values the fact that you are an expert who can just be chill and, you know, just eat the cake with everyone else and enjoy it? Or are you the expert that has to tell everyone all the chemicals that are in the cake and make them feel bad about enjoying the birthday cake? You know what I mean? Like, you know, just know the room that you're in so you don't have to dim anything. Yeah. And if you're not sure what kind of room you're in, it's just being you and allowing yourself to open up and be you know, a little bit vulnerable because it does take you to trust other people to be vulnerable. Let's, you know, let's be honest about that, but just be a little bit vulnerable about your humanity. You know, like, Hey, I ripped a stocking, I ripped my stocking this morning on my way here too, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're not an expert because you had a human moment. So you can kind of start with those things. So you can check the base kind of like, to check the pulse of the room, if you will. My husband always calls it heat checking. Like, you know, check the heat of the room. Like, where are you right now? So you can see what would be most valued without diminishing yourself. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think like sometimes the challenge for me is like, I don't want to appear as like I'm overconfident, you know what I mean? Or I don't want to appear as like arrogant because I don't think I'm like that, you know? And um despite my confidence and high self-esteem, I'd like to think that I, I yeah. am a humble person, right? Because I don't think I know everything. I'm always like, I love learning from other people. And I just don't want to be seen in, in a way that I'm not, you know? And I think that that thought comes up for me when, when, when I'm showing up and like people are kind of like interviewing mm -hmm. me or they're asking me questions, I think. And if I'm focused with the problems that I'm solving, those messages or those those worries don't come to my mind. But I think when I'm a room with in a room where, say, for example, there might be people that might not know what they're talking about, or they're not the expert yeah. on this topic. And, you know, they might even be giving wrong mm -hmm. advice, you know, um, I, I, I really have to work on speaking up and saying, like, well, this is not true. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and because I don't want to make people feel bad, you know, but in the end, I, I had, I worked yeah. a lot on this and really telling myself, like, this is serving people, like people need to know the truth. And, you know, we don't want people providing wrong advice or bad yeah. advice, right? And, and I think sometimes the people that know what they're doing, or they are really the experts, sometimes they, they are afraid to talk to say the truth, because, because they, they're afraid that, you know, people are going to judge them, or I don't want to rock the boat, and things like that, you know, but, but the advice that you gave was really helpful. 
Yeah, Nita, that happens all the time. And, you know, let's be honest with ourselves. People are going to judge you even when you're quiet, right? Like they're they're going to judge you because you were quiet. They're, they're going to yeah, find a yeah. reason to point out a flaw if they really want to. Um, and when people feel intimidated, I'm very yeah. clear that that's not me, it's them. Like there's a reason that you're projecting um, some insecurity to make you feel like because yeah. I'm confident and powerful in this area of expertise that I feel really strong about, that it's intimidating you. And God knows I've been called, you know, like, yeah. oh, you're really intimidating. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry that you're doing that to yourself, <laughs> right? Because <Like>, you are <laughs> doing that to yourself if you're intimidated yeah. by me. Yeah. Um, and if you find that I'm, I'm being uh, overly confident, I'll use that phrase because you're doing it, then that's also a subjective view of how I'm presenting myself. And humility is really just knowing what to say and when to say it, yeah. which for me is knowing your room, right? Like, okay, well, is this going to be valued and received? Yeah. When you're correcting someone because they said they misspoke or they, they think they're saying the right thing, but they're mis misspeaking, it really depends on what they're misspeaking about. If this is an area of expertise that I have and someone else is misspeaking about this area, oh, you better believe that I'm going to reframe it and say, yeah. you know what? I appreciate what, you know, Dr. Stevens just added, but I have a different view of it. And then I'll, you know, provide whatever that view. So I'm not just mm -hmm. honoring this made up yeah. Dr. Stevens person, but I'm also adding that as an expert, right? Like I have a different <laughs> view. Now, if what Dr. Stevens is saying is hurting yeah. people, and if, if he or she is sharing something that is harmful, mm -hmm. I may not be as gentle with how I reframe that because I yeah. am really charged and triggered by bullies and people who hurt people. Like that is a huge mm -hmm. trigger for me, for someone who came, you know, grew up with so much trauma. Um, and I'm aware of that, which is something I also work on, right? Like trying to yeah. be mindful of my yeah. own triggers, but also I know it's a huge uh, responsibility for me to always be protective. Like when anyone else is being belittled or bullied, I have to be protective. Yeah. And if that protection just looks like reframing misinformation that someone else who is a quote unquote expert just shared, and I know that there's a different truth to that, then I'm going to reframe it. And you know what? If it makes them look bad, sorry for you. Do your research. I did mine, right? Like, And I know that yeah. comes off really strong, but I'm definitely not going to allow other people to be harmed mm. by information. If it's not about harming and it was just like, hey, they said yellow cups are the best and it really isn't. Well, you know, let them have it, right? It's, it's not that deep. No, it's not harming anyone. So yeah. you do choose your battles. And I think Honestly, Nita, that's where the humility comes in. Just know your room. Like, is this even worth, you know, uh, helping yeah. to correct? Yeah. Or is this something that really will harm people and potentially create a negative ripple if I don't stand in my power and make sure that mm -hmm. I add value in this moment? So it's just really choosing your battles. Yeah, that's so true, you know, because I, I think like, if you really know the truth or you're an expert on this topic and somebody's really giving, you know, for example, bad advice or the wrong advice, I think it's really our moral responsibility to stand up yeah. and speak to that, right? Because you don't know who's listening and, and what they could do yeah. with that information. And you really have to step into that place of courage and, and just be brave to to know your values and and know what, what is right here. And I would encourage people mm -hmm. to do more of that, right? Because that that is ultimately what will build a better society, better world. 
And you know what? Oftentimes I really give people the benefit of a doubt. Like I think people are not aware that they're giving bad advice. Sometimes, most yeah. of the times they're trying to help, but they just might've gotten the wrong information yeah. from somebody else. Right. And so lots of times if they didn't understand that, for example, like lots of people have a misunderstanding on the Myers-Briggs type indicator, right? Which is the personality type that I'm certified on. And sometimes I'd say, well, this is not the correct information. And I'm certified on this. This is the truth about this. And it might cause some discomfort with some people, but like, I just Mm -hmm. can't stand it that people like the whole room and we've been on clubhouse (laughs) and stuff like that. Right. Like the whole room is going to have like a misunderstanding about this. And for example, like lots of people would think that it's a tool to put people into box and label people. And it's like, no, it's the opposite. It's to get you out of the box. It's for you to have the awareness and get out of the box. Right. And see possibilities, not limit yourself. And like, when I hear that, I'm like, no, I got to talk about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And to everybody that's listening, I really encourage you, if if you know what you're talking about, you really have to go and and, like, if it's something important and huge, right? Not about like a yellow cup, (laughs) but you know, something that's really going to impact people's lives and and something people listening might, you know, do something with that. So I I would really encourage everybody to just like stand up and speak to that and just like have a voice, right? Absolutely. I can't remember the name of the author. um, So forgive me for anyone who's a major fan, but there's the book, uh, you know, Be Scared and Do It Anyway or something like that. I'm probably messing up the name of the title right now. But I think that's that's really honestly what we have to (laughs) lean into. Like when you have those moments when you are, you know, in a room and you're not really sure how your information is going to be interpreted. Will they see you as arrogant, overly confident, the know-it-all in the room? Who does she think she is? Is, who did he think he is? Like, you know, you know that there's a huge possibility <laughs> of that. And the the topic deserves you to stand yeah. in your power because not doing it could harm someone, right? Like the the, the cost benefit is is worth yeah. more than the potential, you know, consequence of someone giving you a label that you don't you're not going to accept, right? Like that's the thing about labels. If you don't accept them, they don't apply. They just simply don't apply. When you have those moments, be scared and lean in it anyway. Exactly. Like show up fully in your power and then go in the bathroom and throw up. Like it's okay. Like, right? Like it's fine to, to have both experiences <laughs> uh, be simultaneously true. Be scared and be right. They both can happen. Yeah. And oftentimes, like people just aren't aware that they're giving the wrong information. And when we share with them, they're like, wow, I didn't know that. Thank you so much for for telling me. And now they can go on and teach the right thing and talk about like things accurately. Right. So I think like we really need more of this. Honestly, and honestly, to your point, I was just thinking it's uh, the how you you correct someone versus what you say. And sometimes when we're sharing information, whether we're scared and fearful or not, we do have to be mindful that we're talking to other humans. And hopefully they were coming from the space that you were just saying that they really are thinking that they're right and they're just leading with information that perhaps was, was dropped in their lap or downloaded for them. And we have to be really conscious of how we reframe things that it doesn't come off as a form of bullying because that will allow someone to righteously so stand up and things can take a turn, right? Like now you're in a a verbal battle for no reason. So just being really mindful of that, I think is important. 
you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I think that's important too because I've, you know, yeah, I wanted to add too because like mm-hmm. especially in Clubhouse, I've seen rooms where people are like really judgmental and you know they're not giving people the benefit of the doubt. You're talking too long, for example. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. kick you off the stage, you know and. I just feel like, well, not everybody is a trained speaker, right? right? Not everybody is a like trained to speak succinctly, right? Is that even like I don't even know I pronounced that Mm -hmm. correct Mm -hmm. correctly? (laughs) Yeah, I did, right? Because like all the people listening, my English is not like (laughs) my first language, so I (laughs) totally gonna be transparent about that. But yeah, I, I feel like people have to yeah. be gracious and, and just like give people the benefit of a doubt and not jump into conclusions and, you know, like just be quick to judge people. And I think that's that's super, super yeah, absolutely. important. And honestly, it, it rolls into your second question that I, I kind of heard you asking when I was, um, you know, in, in my passionate zone in our conversation, you were asking me about the book Selfish. Uh, a lot of the reasons yeah. that people are unkind, yeah. whether they're correcting someone or, you know, trying to add value to a room, but they're doing it in a, a kind of a, a nice, nasty way. It's because they haven't taken time to really explore mm. where their 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 open holes were, where those voids were in their life. They weren't selfish. And yeah. I do believe, which is why I wrote yeah. the book, Selfish, Permission to Pause, Live, Love, and Laugh Your Way to Joy. You have to carve out that time to gift yourself an opportunity to heal, to forgive, to let go of things that are no longer serving you, people, places, and your own patterns that are not helpful, to be in a space where you can unbind yourself from anything that was holding you down and limiting your brilliance. You can't do that if you're running on a hamster wheel and and claiming that it's because, you know, while I'm building a business, I'm too too busy to balance anything in my life because I'm running a business. I'm too busy with the kids, so I don't have time for therapy. I'm too busy with, you know, uh, all of life's trappings to slow down and, and deal with what's going on with me. Let me just suck it up and keep it moving. When you do things like that, you turn into a nice person and nice can get nasty real quick versus you being a kind person that's moving from a space of authenticity. And that was the reason um, that I chose to receive that word selfish when it was downloaded in my spirit as the name of my book. I wanted to make sure that I could redefine it as a perfect space between you yourself for where you are and where you can be if you're fully healed. But you cannot do that if you're not selfish enough to do it. You have to take your time to do what needs to be done for yourself versus breastfeeding the world and saying like, oh, I have to do all these things for these people when you're really just avoiding the healing that's needed for you. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. So where can people get your book, Makita? Yeah, I mean, fortunately, and I'm going to have a whole braggadocious, uh, exceptional moment here. It's available in 400,000 <laughs> online places. The place that most people go to these days is Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. Um, but it is available in paperback and uh, the ebook Kindle iNook version. So feel free to just go to Amazon and plug in Selfish by Nikita and it'll pop right up. That's amazing. Do you have an Audible's version? I don't. That is my next step. I have to actually record the Audible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wait and I'm going to buy the Audibles. 
because I love listening to books. I know if they buy them, they're going to add to like the 300 books that I've piled <laughs> up and like, well, you know, a student. <laughs> but if, when I buy it on Audible, I will get a chance to <laughs> yes. listen to it. So looking forward to that. No, I appreciate that. When you're, when you're a doctorate <laughs> student, you don't want to hold any other paper in your hand that isn't yours because you're, you're kind of over it. So I understand listening to the book instead. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like a book collector. So like, I kind of stopped trying to stop buying books because like, there's no place to keep it anymore. And now like, I've just put everything on audibles and in, and in my phone and you know, it's, it's much better. And now I can just listen and, and learn and like, I'm not going to procrastinate, but like, I yeah. know I'm slow on reading, but I'm, I'm, I'm faster when I'm listening. So really definitely <laughs> looking forward to your audio version. Yes, I got you. You'll be my first customer. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will buy it. So like, let's kind of shift gears here. And I wanted to, to talk about like the theme of the show. So I, I'm fascinated with exceptionality and like the people that are extremely exceptional at what they do. So I'd love to hear what are your thoughts? Like, what do you think what are the factors that make someone exceptional at what they do? Yeah, I think it boils down to their tenacity, you know, being relentless with what they're doing, their passion, vision, their openness to be a forever learner is really crucial. You know, one of our mutual friends, Margie Felhoun, who's a co-owner of Interview Connections, uh, received a download a few months back that she also did a podcast episode on. And I think it was, I'm going to say this a little bit differently, but reframe, reframing a little, she said, are you a student of greatness or a master of mediocrity? Um, and when you are exceptional, you yeah. understand that you get there by being a student of greatness and not necessarily want, wanting to master that mediocrity that you could just live in if you allowed yourself to get stagnant. I think having integrity, yeah. you know, being someone who honors doing what you say you're going to do is all, you know, part, part of it as well, as well as you know, being an investor, you know, being an investor, not only, you know, financially into other people's dreams and, and helping them create, you know, the next big thing and innovation, but being an investor in your own self-development and personal growth is hugely important, important for you to be um, exceptional. The only other thing that I would add to that is victory, right? You know, being very connected to the idea of whatever victory looks like for you. For some people, it'll be the gold medal that then led you to, you know, study to be a doctor that then led you to be a astronaut, right? Like they didn't stop at the gold medal. Um, for yeah. some people, the victory was yeah. the gold medal, right? Like, you know, and there's no judgment yeah. of, around how you define victory, but owning victory is really yeah. crucial, I would say, as a, yeah. another factor in being exceptional. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I, I'm just like amazed, you know, I have this obsession with people that just like how I think it's that yeah. passion and that energy, right, that is so authentic. And they show up in this world with like, mm -hmm. all this energy in what they do. And yes. it's contagious, you know, when you speak to someone that's like, so passionate about what they do. 
And they really put in decades and decades of work into that, that passion and developed into something yeah. extraordinary, exceptional, right? And I, I consider you like someone is so exceptional Stop. at what you do. <laughs> no, and, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're on the show, Nikita. That's why you're on the show. But you know what? I don't just talk about people like that they are exceptional yeah. professionally. And I have this on my, my clubhouse profile. Like it's all about being an mm-hmm. exceptional human being. And and you you mentioned that as well, like in this in this episode. So for you, what does it mean to be an exceptional human being? For me personally, uh, it starts with me balancing boldly, quite honestly, uh, which simultaneously happens to be the name of my podcast. Mm-hmm. I do believe that when I balance, which we talked about the yeah. formula is admitting the truth of what I want and need over the boundaries that I'm going to create to achieve them. Uh, that means I also have to be brave enough to keep distractions out, right? Like being really clear with myself even yeah. when it's a hard decision, when it's a hard decision to choose, you know, oh, my really good girlfriend is having her third divorce party at four hours over Zoom and I would love to be there, but I have a major proposal to do. You know, I have to choose, you know, the, the 100.0 version of me that where I'm going needs to get that proposal done. So I'm going to have to send my my girlfriend yeah. a gift and, and miss the third divorce party, right? Like I have to say no to some yeah. things that I would like to be at, but I don't necessarily want to be at because if I wanted to be there, I will make room for it, right? But I have to be really honest with myself yeah. versus, versus saying like, oh, honey, I, I really want to be with you because it makes her feel better when it's not my truth. I don't really want to go to your third divorce party. Yeah. Like I was at the other two weddings. Like I'm good. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll send you a gift. And, and I'm not judging, you, you know, making a claim for your freedom yeah. and realizing that this person isn't for you and, and opening yourself for something else. I am making a judgment about how I value my time for what I want to do. And I have to be bold about that. I can't ghost her and not answer her phone calls or not respond to the RSVP just because I don't want to deal with it. Right. Cause a lot of times we do those things. Like we'll just ghost people. We'll get really yeah. quiet. All of a sudden we, you know, don't return people's texts. We won't even open up the notification because we don't want them to see the little bubble that says that you, you know, that it was red. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> real talk, right. Like, yeah. you know, we've all done it at some point. Yeah. And, For me, walking fully into that, you know, I'm at my 10.0 level self and I really want to become my 100.0 or preferably, you know, infinity version of myself before I leave this earth. In order for (laughs) me to do that, I have to be really bold about how I create balance. And I and I choose to create my balance, not find it. I don't think there's anything waiting out there for me to discover. It's me making room for what's already mine to flow to me. And in order for me to do that, I have to be really bold about some of these hard no's, the uncomfortable, awkward decisions, you know, that come with really good people that I love and and maybe I just like a whole lot. It also means expanding myself in a way that I do things that I'm scared of doing, right? Like I'm, I was petrified of speaking. I was so petrified of speaking. And now I'm a, an internationally known transformational empowerment speaker, but I was so petrified of speaking that the first time that I had to speak in front of a small room of like 50 people, I damn near cursed them out. Like I was, you know, my defense mechanism, my survival mode kicked in to fight. So I just like went from teaching to like, <laughs> like it was like really 
you know, not nice (laughs) in how I, I wasn't kind in how I delivered the information to the point that the co-facilitator had to snatch the marker out of my hand. It was like, okay, so um, I'm going to take over from here and let Nikita sit down. And it was really just my nerves, right? Like, and, and nothing I said to the group was wrong. It was the way that I delivered it, right? And again, I'm the first partaker of a lot of these these troubles and challenges that I had to grow through. But that yeah. was my experience. And my girlfriend, Trudy, still talks about that to this day. Like, remember when you were like crazy up there at the whiteboard? And I was like, yes, I know. I told you I was scared. But I hadn't really grounded myself in tools to be able to to manage the emotion that was flowing through me. Um, but I did do it. I, I went up there and I did it anywhere and I got better each time. And that I had moments when I would fall over the wires on stage. You know, remember back in the day with the big, you know, podiums and the wires are everywhere and the conference rooms at the hotels. I had yeah. days when I was like, I'm not scared yeah. of speaking. And then I would be like, but I am scared of being embarrassed. And then I would fall like, like why how did you fall in flat shoes right i would do these things and then i would have to get back up dust myself off laugh it off a little bit and get right back into finishing that two or three or four hour presentation and i just never gave up i kept going so for me it really is um i can't think of that show right now the little movie with the fish uh nemo i think the, the 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 cartoon movie is and Uh, I think her name is Dora. The other fish is like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. I really think that for me, that's that's what I have to be. I have to be willing to create my balance and be bold about it. Keep swimming, even through the awkward, yucky, funky places. Be really honest with, with myself by tuning in and listening to my body when I maybe am going down the wrong path. I'm very spiritual, so I always want to be grounded and and listen to spirit and make sure that I'm not just getting ahead of myself and sticking to a plan just to stick to a plan, but really listening to the intuitive guidance that I'm receiving, um, as well as having coaches and mentors and, and therapists and spiritual advisors to also help help me see the things on my canvas of life that I can't see behind me are all part of what I believe helps me to be exceptional at what I do. I love that. I love, I love what you just shared. And I feel that, you know, all that you said, and, and especially what you specialize on in boundaries, I think like, not just entrepreneurs, everybody has to learn about it. I think like kids, my son is 13 years old. I think like it's so important for humans to learn boundaries because it's not taught in schools, right? And we're programmed to like, you know, make other people feel better and be kind and nice and everything, right? And so I think it's like something that people really, really need to learn about and and be really conscious about, about self-boundaries. So I'd love to have my audience like go follow your podcast and you have amazing like content and value to give to this world. Like, I know I can talk to you with like for five hours, but you know, we try to keep it under an hour, right? (laughs) So like, where can people go and follow you and, and your content and like, where's the best place to connect with you if somebody wanted to work with you? Yeah, honestly, uh, the best, best place is just go to our website, which is thinkpro.com. I know the link will be in the show notes, so I won't spell it out for you. 
Um, you'll have access yep. to kind of all of our open doors. You can access the door to the calendar to book an appointment so I can help you activate your joy. Uh, and you can also get to our Certified Selfish Facebook group, which is that group for our married women entrepreneurs, where we can talk about all the things from the bedroom to the boardroom and how to really help you amplify that intimacy. And honestly, um, listening to the podcast, Balance Boldly, if you're just like, mm, I like this chick, but I'm not sure yet, just go down the rabbit hole of that 130 plus episodes that we have and really, you know, get familiar with not only my, my voice and my brand, but the other phenomenal experts that join me on the show, like Nita Lurd, because she is also a luminary on the Balance Bully podcast. <laughs> so it's definitely one of the places that you can get really familiar with me. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, those of you that are listening and like relating to what Nikita is saying and you think that, you know, she would be able to help you in your journey and what you're going through. Um, I highly recommend Nikita. I, I really want to get into your program or work with you. But the only problem is like <laughs> I'm single at the moment. So we kind of joked about this. But when I find my soulmate or my partner, lifelong partner, um, I, at one point, I'm probably going to be working with you, you know, like getting I into your you. program because I, I just <laughs> love what you do. <laughs> Amazing. So I know that this is kind of like, we're probably going to come back and we're going to do more episodes when I reach like 500 episodes, you know, 20 of them will be <laughs> with Nikita. <laughs> Maybe not 20, but you know what I mean? Because I think we have so we much chemistry and like, I think we have very similar values and just enjoy uh, each other in, in, in these conversations. So it's so lovely to have you oh, on the show. You. Are there any other questions or anything you want to say before we finish up? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I adore you. Um, I think you are amazing and you are the epitome of exceptionality. I think um, there's rarely a person that I come across that has just as many, if not more certifications and degrees than I do. And you are definitely at the top <laughs> of the list, honey. Okay. So <laughs> this is the perfect platform for you. And I'm just honestly, truly honored to be in this space with you because you know your vibe attracts your tribe we hear it all the time but this is one of those moments where I can truly say it has manifested itself we've attracted each other for a reason and I look forward to many many on and off air conversations with you Nita you are truly exceptional you are truly exceptional <laughs> and you are the real deal like I love what you do. I love you as a person. You are an exceptional human being. And I'm just so grateful and so honored to have you on this show. And look forward to the next episodes that you will come back and have other conversations with me and the audience here. Um, I really look forward to that. Thank you so much, Nikita. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the show because there were a lot of insights and takeaways that you can implement in your business and in your life. If you like the show and found it valuable, make sure to leave an honest review for us. It might not seem like a big deal, but it really, really is. It will help support us to continue creating these episodes and continue to over deliver the value to our awesome listeners. And another thing, I created a two minute quiz that helps high achieving coaches, consultants, and thought leaders like you discover their entrepreneurial edge. So go take this two minute quiz to discover what sets you up for entrepreneurial success and get your very own customized blueprint to take your business to new heights. 
visit my website at needalert.com forward slash quiz and just go and take the quiz. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.